The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You can not only learn from your mistakes, you can celebrate them. They define who you are and serve as a learning tool to become your most beautiful self ever. Welcome to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting, with your host, Jim Stacy. Jim is the author of 11 books and is here to help you experience the power of the divine deep within yourself. It's inside you. You just have to know where and how to look for it. Now, here is Jim Stacy. And thank you again for tuning in and listening today. First, I want to share with you again the ways that you can get a hold of me, make comments, ask questions, or whatever you have to share. First place is on my website, which is www.thedivineiswithinus.com. The second is on Facebook, the same five words, The Divine Is Within Us. Or you can get to me on Gmail at thedivineiswithinus at gmail.com. And thanks to all of you who have sent your thoughts and your comments to me. I really appreciate that. Today we're going to be talking about embracing our human shadow. I briefly mentioned the shadow that we have inside of us. All of us have that. I mentioned it in a recent show called Celebrating All Your Mistakes. But today I want to go into a lot more detail of just what the human shadow is all about. So many people have written books, articles about this concept, but it was when I began researching this several years ago that I realized the huge amount of material that there is available on this subject. And with all the insights and the information available, there is a common core of truth in all of those writings. That core is this, the human shadow is a very important part of us a part that we must value rather than ignore or push away. We'll be dealing with that today, looking deeper into what the human shadow is, the dark side, the light side, and all that's involved in our seeing this part of our own selves and what to do about it. Next week, I'll be talking about finding light in our dark places. So today's show and next week are very closely related, and we'll get as far as we can today with this, and we'll finish up next time. But since time immemorial, I think humans have been afraid of the dark, sometimes waiting almost neurotically for the first crack of dawn and the light to appear once again. Historically, it seems that in far too many places, the human race has preferred light rather than the dark. From the time we were children, someone taught, most of us at least, to be afraid of the dark. But right there is the key. That key that is actually a fear of the unknown rather than just the absence of light. If we know that there's nothing hiding in the dark, then we are not afraid. So it is that fear of the unknown that we need to look at within ourselves. 
Why do we fear the unknown rather than get excited about what it might hold for us? Who told us to be afraid of what might be rather than to look with anticipation into what is possible? Expressing gratitude for what is not known is one of the most powerful actions we can express. I'll have a show about that real soon, about living in gratitude and the magic that this creates for us on our human journey. But the unknown and the dark are both what we've been taught to fear. But who teaches that to us? Well, that's easy. It's those who themselves are afraid of both the light and the dark. The human shadow is the dark side of human nature. Was Yoda of Star Wars right when he said, the fear of losing is the path to the dark side? I remember hearing him say that, and I remember also seeing that it was certainly true that Darth Vader was proof that Yoda's statement was accurate. But what about you? What about me? What do we truly fear? Have you ever made a list of all the things that you fear? I would encourage you to try that sometime. Sit down, paper and pen, and just take a deep breath. Look inside yourself and say, what are the things that I fear? Make that list. Then make another list. Answer each one of those with, why do I fear that? You will be giving yourself a treat when you see what is on your list. I promise you, it's not a negative experience. I've done it. And it's a beautiful way to gain insights into ourselves. And when we're not afraid of the unknown, it's easier to make that list. So put the fear aside. Make your list. Show yourself that you can do it. I guarantee you, you will find gifts in that list. Gifts that you will be surprised about in some ways. But gifts that you will be glad to know and glad to claim. But And then there's another concept right here for us to consider. What about being afraid of the light? What about being afraid of what is visible and in plain sight? What about that can t be more telling about who we are than being afraid of what is not known? How many men fear what they see in themselves and do not know at all what to do about that? How many men fear their own self so much that they project their own issues onto others and make others guilty of what they are themselves. How many weak men have been involved in creating a religion of fear, a religion that keeps you in a small place, a religion that keeps its followers under control. A religion is almost always the fear of the unknown. You can overcome that. Your life is waiting for you to claim it. Your life is waiting for you to live it. Your life is waiting for you to say, I will be this. But for so many years now, I've enjoyed photography immensely. I've taken photos from China and Tibet to England and Brazil and many places in the Caribbean. I love to play with images. I love to play with the light and with the shadow. In fact, the best images so often are the ones that the shadows help me create. 
The beauty of catching the light and the dark in creative ways is the challenge and the reward of photography for me. To use those shadows as gifts is the key to images that inspire all those who view them. An amazing and inspiring photograph is always an interesting composition and a balance between light and shadow. The same is true in our life. Using our shadow and the gifts that it holds in the, is the key to living more beautifully than we've ever lived before. Would you like to know your most beautiful self? You will find it in your shadow. Let me say that again. If you would like to know your most beautiful self, you will find that in your shadow. As you see in your shadow what you have feared and what you choose not to fear any longer, and then as you choose the transformational process where we transform the shadow and bring forth our best qualities and choose to walk in the light and shine as never before, that's what next week's show is mostly about, that transformational process of how do we step from the dark into the light? How do we change it from one to the other? So today, let's look at what is beyond the control and the fear that comes out of the, those religions that I mentioned briefly. You can know that you are far more beautiful and far more valuable than any of the ideas of those fear-filled men who just need to control others to feel better about themselves. You are more powerful than any religion. Let me say that again. You are more powerful than any religion. You are more powerful than its control over you. Your most delightful journey is just ahead of you in the unknown beauty of who you can become. You're here on the planet as a gift to humanity. We need your light. We need your shadow. We need you. This is the challenge of any lifetime. So are we afraid of the dark? Or are we afraid of the light? We need both to create that beautiful image. You need both to create that beautiful gift that the world is waiting for you to bring forth. The quest for our true identity is the quest of our lives. And you can find out much more about that on my website. Uh, the article that says, The Divine is Within, The Quest for Spiritual Identity. But let's look deeper at what some of the many writers that I've mentioned before have to say about the human shadow. And there are so many. And I would recommend a book to you. You can find it on Amazon. It, it's called Meeting the Shadow. And that book is all about dealing with the human shadow, finding the, the gifts in it and understanding it. It's uh, very inexpensive as a paperback. And I'm quoting some of the authors from that right now. First of all, the author named Baker said this from the book called Reclaiming the Dark Feminine. This is the first time I've ever looked so closely at my shadow self. All my life I've been trying to push her away because I thought she would hurt me if I didn't. But when I just listened to her, I realized that all she wants is my attention. Another author writes, this is our meditation practice calling back the dead and the dismembered aspects of ourselves to allow what must die to die and what must live 
to live. Gary Renard, in his book, The Disappearance of the Universe, says, Loudly the ego tells you not to look inward, for if you do, your eyes will light upon sin, and God will strike you blind. Beneath your fear, to look within is yet another fear, the one which makes the ego tremble. What if you looked within and saw no sin? You, who ask this question, are threatening the ego's whole defensive system. Renard also says, the ego has tricked you into fighting a battle that is continuously seen outside yourself, where the thought system of sin, guilt, and fear is projected in a way that is certain to make this battle where it's fought is always is where the answer isn't, is what he said. So the self lies hidden in the shadow. He is the keeper of the gate, the guardian of the threshold. The way to the self lies through him. Beneath the dark aspect that he represents, there stands the aspect of wholeness. And only by making friends with the shadow do we gain the friendship of the self. That's from meeting the shadow by the two co-authors that put that together. So, owning our shadow, the same authors say, involves confronting it and assimilating its contents into an enlarged self-concept. Such healing encounters typically occur in midlife, but meetings with the shadow can happen wherever we feel stagnant and lose its color and its meaning. So we're going to be talking a lot more about the shadow today. I'll be quoting a lot more authors, and we're going to be delving into the details of that. Right now, we're coming up for time for another break, and I'll be right back with you in just two or three minutes. is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Jim Stacy is the author of 11 books, including his first title, Jesus Was Not a Christian, Healing the Shame and Fear from Man-Made Theology. That book is available on Amazon. The other 10 books, which are titled A Healing Spiritual Journey, are available as downloads on thedivineiswithinus.com. When you visit that site, you may also download his CDs and articles, and you can also find out more about where Jim will be speaking, spiritual retreats, and vision quests. Visit www.thedivineiswithinus.com today. Jim Stacy's first book, Jesus Was Not a Christian, is available on Amazon.com. Discover what the church has been hiding for over 1,700 years. Find out why people carry the wounds of guilt and shame instead of the power of loving and being loved. Discover that you are part of the divine. Learn about the kingdom of heaven within you and find out why history has been twisted by those who slaughtered tens of thousands of innocent people. See why the real Jesus never said the words hell or sin. Jesus Was Not a Christian, available right now on Amazon.com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. You are listening to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to the divine is within us at gmail.com. Again, that's the divine is within us at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. 
here again is Jim Stacy. So I want to continue with some of the quotes from the book called Meeting the Shadow. Again, the co-authors of that book says this, The goal of shadow work, to integrate the dark side, cannot be accomplished with a simple method or trick of the mind. Rather, it is a complex, ongoing struggle that calls for great commitment, vigilance, and the loving support of others who are traveling a similar road. I really like that quote, and I want to say to you now, yes, exploring our shadow, transforming it is a tremendous adventure. There are times when it is not easy. I know that for sure. And yet, the beauty of the discoveries and the transformation far, far outweigh the struggle or sometimes the difficulty we have in being honest with ourselves. But getting the loving support of others is so vastly important. Your best friend, your spouse, your significant other, whoever it is in your life that you know you can sit down with and say, you know, I'm working on my shadow, and I would like to share these things with you because I trust you to give me honest feedback. There is nothing more important than a co-traveler walking the human path. Yeshua also said something about the human shadow, or many things actually. But just after he said the the kingdom of heaven is within you, which the religion of, of the Christianity does not teach, at least very rarely if at all, right after he said that, he added something that was totally left out of the, of the church's Bible. He said, not just the kingdom of heaven is within you, but then he said, if you bring forth what is within you, what you bring forth will save you. If you do not bring forth what is within you, what you do not bring forth will harm you. And right there is the essence of the shadow work. We do not need theology. We do not need dogma. Yeshua himself said it. You can save yourself. What are we saving ourselves from? We're saving ourselves from dishonesty. We're saving ourselves from wallowing around in the things that are really not us. And we're bringing forth the light that we truly are. And when we bring forth this kingdom that's within, the light of that kingdom, we bring forth all those things which, is going, which are going to change our life. If we don't, we will wallow in the ego, as Renard said a few minutes ago, that ego that has tricked us into fighting a battle that is always seen outside instead of inside. Another quote from the same book. What are we to do with our shadows inside? Hide them? Pretend they're not there? They are only parts of us that are hiding what is most magnificent about us. Our so-called darker side is where we have hidden the aspects of ourselves that we reject, repress, ignore, are ashamed of, the things we think are ugly or forbidden. The shadow contains the strong emotions and certain undesirable traits that we do not like about ourselves or what we've been shamed for by others. But the shadow is also hiding our best character, the magnificence of who we really are but have not yet had the permission or the courage to bring forth into the light. Just behind feelings of worthlessness or guilt or shame or smallness are the powerful expressions of our true self the higher self, 
the self that Jesus called the I am, and the kingdom of heaven within you. We have the power to call forth the part of us that is divine, the part of us that lives in the light, the part of us that embraces the shadow, the part of us that dances with both the light and the dark as we show forth the most beautiful parts of who we are. A while back, I wrote in one of my books, uh, and I'm going to share the opening paragraph with you, but it was about uh, the human shadow and, and some of the issues that, uh, that we find within it. And there's a journey. The journey I wrote about in this upcoming paragraph here is a journey into the essence of who we are and knowing the light and the dark. Here's what I wrote. Human essence is many times like a journey into an unknown mystery. A mystery that beckons the human spirit as does a magnificent mountain range, beautifully adorned as an unopened gift, holding immense fulfillment for the one who is bold enough to explore it, calling us further with the icy peaks above the tree line, urging us to test its slippery slopes as does a downhill skier on a breathtaking run, navigating the terrain with great delight. Its wonders call to us with an enticement that takes our breath away, tempting us with its fertile valleys of tree-ripened fruit, mouth-watering fruit of both nourishment and of fine wine, enticing us with the shadows in its valleys, shadows not of fear, but of mystery that holds unknown treasures. Come, it calls, come and taste my gifts. Come and discover the beauty of your being that you've not yet known. On the journey to know myself, I feel the magic of this unknown mystery, like millions of trees along my path that offer themselves to me as guides along the way, with countless numbers of majestic boulders inviting me to climb them, to sit upon them, to meditate, to partake of the ancient wisdom they hold. Glorious rushing streams prevent themselves as gifts of insights awaiting my choice to know of deeper truths, refreshing sounds encouraging me onward in this magical journey, delightfully opening my mind to infinite possibilities, awakening my higher spirit to consciousness as it drifts softly through my soul, soothing my innermost self, its plateaus of both rest and reassurance, the mystery of the human shadow ever calls me onward. I wrote that a few years ago, and you can find it in some of my writings. I'm not sure just which one it's in, but uh, it's there. But it is this mystery that some cannot solve. It's the treasure that many have found, but it's the excuse that some use to condemn and shame others while basking in their own unconsciousness. It is the sacred beauty of human reality that can take a person to the celebration of their essence and walk free from the smallness of fear and pain. The human shadow is all of this and much more. But what there, what is the human shadow not about? That's another question. It is true that our prisons are full of people who acted out of their worst self, the self they grew up believing was perhaps more real than their inherent goodness. What lies about their own selves have they believed while navigating the accusations of angry, wounded parents? The lies of religion? 
and the shared blindness of those they call their friends? What did they learn from years lived in torment of, or the torment rather, of abuse or despair, the torment of futility and pain, or the losses that they experienced? From their parents came, stupid kid, you are really dumb. You'll never. Fool, you always, whatever, and you can't, or you don't deserve, or shame on you, you deserve to be punished. And so many more demeaning projections from parents and other unconscious adults around them. From their the church, they heard the words, wicked, sinful, you're bad, you deserve punishment. Who do you think you are? Don't question authority. Shut up and listen. God is angry with you. Who are you to do that? And many more judgments coming out of a fabricated theology of dualism. I had a very interesting experience a few years ago. I was teaching sociology for a small college in the Michigan prison system. But as I soon discovered, I wasn't there just to teach some courses for college credit. My students were real people in some very, very difficult circumstances there in the midst of the Michigan prisons. I taught in minimum security, I taught in medium security, and I taught in maximum security at a place commonly called 4000 Cooper Street, I met some very interesting men in that maximum security penitentiary. It was an interesting experience to walk into that facility knowing that I was surrounded by some very interesting energy. These men had been convicted of murder, armed robbery, rape, and many other violent crimes. One such man was sitting in the front row. One night, is in my, about the first night of, of, of a class, as I remember, he was a huge man. He was an angry man. He fit my stereotype of the meanest biker on the road. Being three or four times bigger than me, he looked at me as if to say, I dare you to teach me anything. I looked him back in the eye, and I said to him, as I said to all my classes every time, I said, I don't know why you're here, and I don't care what you may have done. I see you as a human being, and you are far more valuable than you have been told. <laughs> the look on that huge man's face said it all, and there, in the eyes of this monster of a man, was the faintest tear, but it was there. For one of the class assignments, I asked him to write a poem about their own self. The look of shock was deafening, but I encouraged them to write what they felt, and it didn't have to rhyme. I was blown away by some of the writings. I was astounded by the words of my big biker student. He wrote with far more beauty than I had seen from most of my students. He shared his heart. Secretly, I took his writing to a local newspaper, and they published it. About three weeks later, I took a copy with me to class, and with his permission, I read it to the class. He couldn't hold back his tears, nor did he want to. No one was going to make fun of him any longer. He had been published. He had some worth, 
And at the end of the semester, he told me he'd be getting out of prison in two or three years, and he was determined to talk to young men about what he'd learned and hopefully keep them from future trouble. My biker buddy was now a healer in the making. Whatever his story was as a child, he was changing the old script. His shadow would no longer rule his life. A child hasn't the perspective to see the negative voices. They're only projections of the others who need to put people down. When the negatives are internalized, the self-image is formed and the human shadow begins to cover over the goodness the child once knew. The candle dims, and for some it seems that the light has gone out, but it hasn't. And just as it was with my biker buddy, there is still hope. There's hope for you, too. It's time for another break. I'll catch up with you in just a couple of minutes. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Jim Stacy's first book, Jesus Was Not a Christian, is available on Amazon.com. Discover what the church has been hiding for over 1,700 years. Find out why people carry the wounds of guilt and shame instead of the power of loving and being loved. Discover that you are part of the divine. Learn about the kingdom of heaven within you and find out why history has been twisted by those who slaughtered tens of thousands of innocent people. See why the real Jesus never said the words hell or sin. Jesus Was Not a Christian, available right now on Amazon.com. Jim Stacy is the author of 11 books, including his first title, Jesus Was Not a Christian, Healing the Shame and Fear from Man-Made Theology. That book is available on Amazon. The other 10 books, which are titled A Healing Spiritual Journey, are available as downloads on thedivineiswithinus.com. When you visit that site, you may also download his CDs and articles. And you can also find out more about where Jim will be speaking, spiritual retreats, and vision quests. Visit www.thedivineiswithinus.com today. Be Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to thedivineiswithinus at gmail.com. Again, that's thedivineiswithinus at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Here again is Jim Stacy. So what I have learned is the human shadow is not what's wrong with us, nor is the human shadow about bad stuff. It's not about shame and guilt. It's not about a focus on negatives as if those labels reflect who we truly are. We are not the labels that other people put on us. Let me say that again. We are not the labels that other people have put on us. We are far, far more than our past and far more than we've yet believed we are or we have felt we can become. One of my favorite poets is Robert Frost. I have a painting on my wall downstairs in my living room. It's a painting of some yellow woods and a little bit of orange and a trail going through it. I don't remember who painted that, but my favorite poem of all time is The Road Less Traveled, 
where Robert Frost said, two roads diverged in yellow wood, and being one traveler long I stood, and peered to where they bent in the undergrowth. He goes on to tell the story of how he chose between two paths. He says, I chose the road less traveled, and that has made all the difference. I've been experienced many years of actually living that. I know that I've chosen a road less traveled, and it is the most beautiful part of my whole life. Something else Robert Frost said, quote, something we were withholding made us weak until we found it was ourselves. What he was talking about was a human shadow. And I, I love Carl Jung. I've mentioned him before, the famous Swiss psychologist that uh, wrote so beautifully about all the things that I, that I talk about. I, I'm just amazed at so many things that he had to say. One of the things he said, and I quote again, that which we do not bring into our consciousness appears in our lives as fate. So often people look at their lives and say, well, it must have just been fate. It was just supposed to have happened, or I couldn't have stopped that from, from coming true. Oh, yes, we can. We can bring every part of our shadow self into consciousness, and by doing so, nothing is fate. We choose. We get to learn from our mistakes. We get to celebrate those mistakes. We get to dance in the delights of our imperfections. The shadow is the unconscious self. It was the life and work of that same man, Carl Jung, that first brought forth this amazing truth. A truth that has been lost for centuries since Yeshua first said, and I repeat what I said before, if you bring forth what is within you, what you bring forth will save you. If you do not bring forth what is within you, what you do not bring forth will harm you. But of course, since this is found in what was called the Gospel of Thomas, the church didn't count that one as God's word because they didn't like it. And so the Roman Catholic Church said, no, this is not part of what God said, so they left it out of their Bible. I know the history of that. I know the piles and piles of choices, the books they had. They threw a whole bunch into a pile and burned them because they didn't like them. Others they kept and put the label on that simply is not true. The shadow is being used by the ego to wreak havoc upon the people that the church needed to control, you and me and everyone else. Yeshua, Jesus, knew about the human shadow. He learned about that in his training amongst the mystery religions of Egypt and from the many teachers he had in India and Tibet where he spent many of his earlier years, from the ages of 12 to 30, before he appeared for his three years of public ministry. He knew of the human struggle with the unconscious self. He also knew that the human had the power within. The Aramaic calls it the I can. The kingdom of heaven is the I can. The divine within you is the I can. I can overcome negative traits. I can grow in consciousness. The practice of and the embodiment of qualities of being that come out of divine connection can be our experience, and we can know these. Rather than living as those who just go along with the unconscious practices of society around them. When he said, save yourselves from this unconscious generation, 
He was calling people to activate their own life energy and to do this work. Those negative traits, the parts that must go, all must be looked at. All must be embraced. Looked at as friends. I have this negative trait in me and I'm going to look at you and I'm going to call you my friend. That fear, that dishonesty, that lie that I told, whatever part of the shadow was expressed, I'm going to make that part of my shadow my friend. I'm going to bring it right in front of me and say, I want to know why you're here. I want to see my ego hiding behind you, and I am going to do my shadow work. I will no longer believe the lies that other people tell me. I am going to choose who I am. I am going to choose how I live. I am going to choose how to be my most beautiful self. I will. I will live, not just for myself. I will live here in connection and in harmony and community with others. I need their light. I need their shadow. They need mine as well. A woman named Lillian Frey Rowan, R-O-H-N, said this, and I quote, All of the feelings and capacities that are rejected by the ego and exiled into the shadow contribute to the hidden power of the dark side of human nature. However, not all of them are what we consider to be negative traits. This dark treasury includes our infantile parts, our emotional attachments, our neurotic symptoms, as well as our undeveloped talents and gifts. The shadow retains contact with the lost depths of the soul, with life and vitality, the superior, the universally human, yes, even the creative can be sensed there. I really like what all these authors have written in the book that I mentioned called Meeting the Shadow. But how are we to recognize the shadow? You know, we make choices every hour of every day every minute by minute and more. These choices reveal what we will or will not do about the shadow and the ego, the ego which I like to call the selfish self, and the interactions between them all, and we choose what we're going to do about our higher self and what to do about what we discover about it. We have a lower self, the shadow, the ego. I call all three of them the same thing. And we get to choose whether we live in the shadow and the ego or whether we engage our higher self, the kingdom of heaven within us, the divine within us, and choose the path of transformation. Our two basic choices are either to embrace the shadow and learn from it or push the shadow away and focus on the shadows inside of other people. (laughs) But how would you recognize this? How can we know what, uh, when the shadow shows up, rather? We can many times get some very important clues to catching the shadow at work when we find ourselves strongly reacting to something that someone else does or says. We see the shadow mostly in others because it's unconscious nature, uh, its unconscious nature within our own self. Hurling criticism at others is the way we attempt to make them guilty for what we hold in our own shadow. Projections, projections, and more projections are coupled with judgments and more judgments. And I've talked about these many times, and I will continue to because this is one of the most valuable things that we can understand about ourselves. 
what I judge in others and condemn is a mirror of my own soul. Again, Yeshua talked about that when he said, take the log out of your own eye before you think you're going to remove the splinter from the eye of your brother. <laughs> if I weren't guilty of the same issue, I would either not see it or instead I'd have compassion for that person in that moment. And that's the difference. Our shadow is all the parts that we've split off, repressed, despised, the parts of ourselves we are afraid to show. I have a list of questions that can help us understand some of these issues and expose the shadow. So if you've got some paper and a pen, I'm going to encourage you to write down the question or two or three or whatever that really uh, resonates with, with your own uh, heart and soul. In discovering the shadow and unmasking the shadow, one question is this. What negative patterns or situations keep showing up in my life? They are there for all of us. Write them down. Another question, what kinds of people do I keep attracting and then wonder why the wrong people keep showing up? Interesting. Another question, do other drivers on the highway make me angry? How often does that happen? What fears show up most often inside of myself? Another question, what do I hide from? What is it that I find myself running from or hiding from or trying to keep from happening? Another question you might ask is, what TV shows are my favorites? Why these? Where do I see myself in the television shows I like most? A question that's sometimes difficult to answer is this, what do I cry about most often? If we can answer that question and look at what we cry about, what makes us sad, we can step right into the shadow that's trying to make us afraid, the ego. Why do I cry about that? What is the issue here? Do I not feel loved? Do I not feel cared for? Do I not feel something else? What am I missing? Am I crying about something that's in my life or crying about something that's not there? I would challenge you to answer that question with delight and with a few tears if necessary. Another question might be, when does dread creep into my life? In what situations do I feel dread? And why then? When does greed show up in my life? That's a good one. What is it that I feel I must I just absolutely must have more and more and more of. And why that? Why not the opposite of that? Another question, sometimes hard to answer, but we can answer the question, what have I been criticized about most often? And I wonder why that's there, I can say to myself. Are people really seeing something that is real? Most of the time, people are seeing something but it's up to me to understand what they're seeing. Seeing beyond their own projections and their own shortcomings, I can look deep inside myself and say, hmm, what is it that I have been most criticized of? And what do I criticize others of? Take a look at that. Deep inside, answer as honestly as you can. 
For in these questions are found some of the most revealing insights that you'll ever find. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid of what you might hear inside of yourself or what might come to your awareness. Write those things down and know that in every answer that you write down, you are taking a step into knowing yourself more deeply. Time for another break. I'll be right back. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. Jim Stacy is the author of 11 books, including his first title, Jesus Was Not a Christian, Healing the Shame and Fear from Man-Made Theology. That book is available on Amazon. The other 10 books, which are titled A Healing Spiritual Journey, are available as downloads on thedivineiswithinus.com. When you visit that site, you may also download his CDs and articles, and you can also find out more about where Jim will be speaking, spiritual retreats, and vision quests. Visit www.thedivineiswithinus.com today. Jim Stacy's first book, Jesus Was Not a Christian, is available on Amazon.com. Discover what the church has been hiding for over 1,700 years. Find out why people carry the wounds of guilt and shame instead of the power of loving and being loved. Discover that you are part of the divine. Learn about the kingdom of heaven within you and find out why history has been twisted by those who slaughtered tens of thousands of innocent people. See why the real Jesus never said the words hell or sin. Jesus Was Not a Christian, available right now on Amazon.com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. You are listening to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to the divine is within us at gmail.com. Again, that's the divine is within us at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Here again is Jim Stacy. So let's look at another issue for a few minutes, uh, our last segment of the show. And let's take another look at what the shadow is not. I think it's very, very important to see both sides. Not what it is only, but what it's not. Something else I wrote in one of my books somewhere, I want to share just a paragraph or two of that with you and uh, see how this resonates with you. It is the blackened eye that permanently stares you in the face. It is the topic that stirs up great delight in the fundamentalist preacher. It is the focus of intense hatred by the self-righteous while they secretly enjoy their own. It is the cauldron of human shame, stirred regularly by the hypocrites of religion. It is the reason the church exists. It was St. Paul's favorite topic. It is the cancer of the soul. Sin is all that and more. Religion uses sin and mistakes just to stay in business. They use the offerings of those that have been duped by their dogma to line their pockets. But you know, sin was a subject that Yahshua, Jesus, never, ever preached about. He never taught that as a reality to scar the human spirit. He never emphasized that as an actual issue to confess, nor did he ever teach any kind of angry God that's waiting to punish people for it. 
that word sin, was neither his focus nor the reason he came to the planet. He did not die to take away all sin as believed by Paul and the religion that he, he founded. While claiming that he did, Christians never found a way to stop sinning. I asked a man one day, uh, have you ever, or, or why have you not been able to completely stop sinning? And he looked, oh, I just confessed my sins, blah, blah, blah. I said, yeah, I understand that. But I said, your dogma says that you have two-thirds of your theological trinity inside of you, and yet you still cannot stop sinning. Well, he had nothing to say, and he walked away. But we either have to admit that either Yeshua totally failed or the religion is missing something. The church has become a classic example of that failure. And in the total failure, they to, stop, to not being able to stop sinning, it only follows that Jesus then would have failed to accomplish the very thing they claim he came here to do. He never taught that the divine or God, some God is angry or eager to see people punished. Actually, he came to embrace and teach much deeper and much more powerful truths than just sin and salvation, heaven and hell, good and evil, and so forth. He said, and this is a quote, he said, I have come to bear witness to the truth. It's easy to label our mistakes and our actions or, and, or those of others as bad or evil. That which comes uh, into in our minds in that way seems to be improper, but for some reason, usually not clearly understood, we label them. What follows is usually some way of excusing it or justifying it, as so many do. One of the greatest uh, evidences of hypocrisy that I've ever seen is when people are faced with their own mistakes. They just say, oh, I'm not perfect, but I'm just forgiven, and they walk away. So I'm talking about this negative side of what the shadow is not, just so I can make a more clear picture of what it is. What isn't easy is to muster the courage to call out our shadow self, to be honest about what is within and take responsibility to change who I am and what I have been for maybe for far too long. Our shadow and, and sin are two very different things. The greatest asset of the human experience is the shadow self, but only if we learn, as I've said before, to embrace it, to befriend it, to engage in dialogue with it, to uncover the wisdom in the shadow, to uncover the insights and the valuable lessons that it has to share. My sacred self, your sacred self, will teach you about your unconscious parts. It will teach you to see them and to own them and not project them onto other people. The unconscious parts of ourselves, you know, whether it's behaviors or actions or attitudes or values or energies or reactions or fears or, or so many other things, all my responses to pain and suffering, they will all become a doorway to a new self if I choose to do that work. As I refused to allow the old patterns to control me and negatively affect others, I can choose to replace them with compassion, empathy, connection. I can choose to replace them with courage, love, support, spiritual adventures, and celebrating communion with everyone. By choosing these and more, I can birth a new self over and over again. I can find courage to be new. I can embody the strength to be different than before. 
I can embrace others as fellow pilgrims on this human journey. I can reveal to the world the magnificent self that I've been afraid to be, the self that I've kept hidden, the self that I've not been able to yet bring forth that brings healing to others, the self that brings light into the darkness, the self that forms community with others, and the self that supports others' empowerment to be their best self too. I can do this. I can be this. I can experience a new me in every way. The reason I keep emphasizing those two words, I can, is because, again, in the Aramaic, the kingdom of heaven within you is boiled down to those two words, I can. I have the power to do or be. That's the essence of it. We are not weak. Not at all. William James said, and I quote, there is no doubt that healthy-mindedness is inadequate as a philosophical doctrine. They may, after all, be the best keys to life's significance, rather, and possibly the only opener of our eyes to the deepest levels of truth. Carl Jung said again, the sad truth is that man's real life consists of a complex inexorable opposites, day and night, birth and death, happiness and miseries, good and evil. We are not even sure that one will prevail against the other, that good will overcome evil or joy defeat pain. Life is a battleground. It always has been and always will be. If it were not so, existence would come to an end. So what he's really saying is, yes, when we recognize this, I can. I can overcome. I can be. I can do. And one of the most amazing insights relating to this is found in the Aramaic language of Jesus, Yeshua, when he said the kingdom or queendom of heaven is within you. And I'm going to be doing a show on the queendom soon, the divine feminine, because the divine is not just male. <laughs> it is male and female and the fullness of all those energies. <clears throat> Even as those who quote the book of Genesis, they have to read where the divine said, let us make the human in our image male and female made, they were made. So the I can, the power of, of this kingdom, queendom within, is found in a, a, an ancient text that I'll be dealing with uh, a lot in the future, an ancient text called Thunder Speaks, Perfect Mind. And it is the voice of the divine feminine from the ancient Middle Eastern wisdom. And it is the, some of the best news that we will ever find. The good news is just behind the I can, that I can find, that I'm not wicked, but I'm rather part of this divine, but temporarily here in human form. Actually, there's this thing they call sin that makes me guilty. It is just simply a fabrication that people want to make us afraid of. And Jesus, Yeshua, never, ever taught that. So, Take your choice. Believe the negative or believe the I can within you. Believe the lies of religion or believe that the divine is within. You can do this. You can choose the path that takes you to the most beautiful self you've ever seen. And as I said, next week, we're going to be talking about how to transform the shadow, how to state the facts that are there, how to choose the opposite energies, and how to become more beautiful than we've ever been. It's a great adventure. You're going to enjoy it. 
That's all the time I have for today. I will catch up with you next week. Just remember this. There are two rules in life. One, never quit. And two, always remember the first rule. I'll see you later. Thank you for tuning into the program today. Please join Jim Stacy for another edition of Beyond Religion. Your life is waiting next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. This week, let the divine work for you and with you. You're bound to experience a new life. 